All right, snoozers, as we begin this week, I start with birthdays every week. I love birthdays. I love celebrating birthdays. So we've been celebrating birthdays. These are my friends on Facebook, in our community, and these are their birthdays, week of 20 to 27. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, snoozers. Here we go. This week's birthdays are starting with the 27th, and this Sunday coming up, Dave Ortiz, Tom Fielder, Sehal Singhi, Bill Johns, Abigail Montes, Olivia Ginn, Christopher Gray, Matt Kluskowski, happy birthday dude, Stephanie Reeder, Abby Rudolph, Yura Liamin, Michael Mitchell, Vinicius Matos, Laura Greer, happy birthday, Najari Desai, Joy Verts, Alexia Lagapolu, I know I'm Botched your name, but happy birthday, Alexia. Sarah Strid, happy birthday. Liz Harris, one of my cousins. John Wright, Ed Baumgartner, Jesse Valley, Rebecca Knowles. Dan Freevolt, happy birthday. Thea Dodds, Joe Simon, there's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Happy birthday, dude. Hannah Marie, Tracy Bosworth Page, happy birthday. Rebecca Stringham, Faye Yerbury, happy birthday. Yvonne Chapman, boy, some good people this week. Lee Noffy. Patrick Luke, speaking of good people, happy birthday. Smith Juanita, Ron B. Wilson, Morgan Plemons, Jessica Don, Don Thier, Manifester Yada, Liz Witten, Ziggy Kanpo, Rich Schaub, Aziz Khan, Chris uh, Towsey. Oh, these are March birthdays. These don't count, sorry. Uh, let's see, you're coming up. I'll read your birthdays next week. Uh, Jessica Strickland, Don Mears, Flash Kinnick group birthday. Rental is her birthday too. Carrie Garrison, Courtney Julian, Jennifer Wilson, Nicole Matheson, Lori Creech Lurie, happy birthday. Wing Wong, happy birthday, dude. Allie Miller, happy birthday. Uh, Marcy Gray, Sharifa Guionis, happy birthday. Sharon Shui, Chris Arnold, Genevieve Nisley, uh, Jean Wheeler, Marcin Rizniusowski, Rachel, uh, Rochelle Erickson, Raymond Lynn, Joe Cogliandro, happy birthday, dude. Adrian Bramvilla, uh, happy birthday, Bryce York, Maggie Harkov, Bobby Woodson, Camille Fortin-Bensler, happy birthday. Sarah Friedenberg and George Varanakis, happy birthday, dude. Final finals all around. Julie Blanco Conroy, Julia Adams Walling, and Jordan Taylor Bunch. Happy birthday to you guys. Hope you're having a great week. Let's move on to this week's episode of Something New Every Week. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week, I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world, just some great conversations with my friends, and what's going on right now. Something New Every Week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com. Chilly day here in St. Louis for this week's episode of Something New Every Week. On the other side of town, I think Ray may be... I'm here with my good friend, Ray Prop, uh, based in St. Louis, on the other side of town. Um, I think you may be the first person I've interviewed in St. Louis. Oh, no, no. I interviewed Rakita. Sorry. Take it back. Uh, but anyway, thanks for being here today, Ray. A pleasure. My pleasure to be here. It's an honor. Yeah. So um, Ray and I are kind of run in the same circles, but we're always in different 
Uh, like when we go to conferences, I'm in one pack over here and Ray's always over, over with the cool kids over in the other, the other pack over there. And somehow we usually meet at the bar and say hello to each other. And we share a good friend, uh, good mutual. We share some very good mutual friends. Um, so I'm excited to have you here today and, and actually learn a little bit more about uh, you in St. Louis. So for those of you who don't know Ray, Ray is a St. Louis-based a wedding and portrait photographer. Uh, he is uh, born and I think he's, well, we're going to find out, born and bred uh, St. Louis guy, um, has built his business um, here. The first thing that they usually ask you in St. Louis when they when you meet a, a new person is, where did you go to high school? Mm-hmm. And uh, Ray went to Parkway West, which I think is a, is a rival of, of Lindbergh, where my kids go to school. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're right about high school. That's a funny story. I'll, I'll tell you a little more about that later. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you for being here today. And uh, I, uh, I think the, you know, kind of going through your, your social feeds today, I don't know how long you've been shooting weddings. Yeah, so that's a tough question because I was shooting even when I was in school, but I, I didn't have a business. People would just ask me to shoot. I think this is a very common story amongst a lot of wedding photographers. Yeah. But I started, I started my business in 2013. Okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. Actually, and, LLC. Yeah, and, and I actually want to hear about your story. To st- that's where I actually want to start is your story about getting into, into photography because – I was looking at your Facebook page, and um, for, forgive me for being stalkerish, but you went to Missouri State, and yeah. then you studied business management, which is yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. And then you studied civil engineer at Wash U uh, here in correct. St. Louis. So that's my first question is the, um, the civil engineering. Did you graduate from there, or is there's the, is this, it's a typical photography story, like I just fell in love with photography? Yeah, yeah. So um, just to take it back a little further. So uh, just to correct you a little bit, yeah. I'm actually born and raised in Thailand. Oh. And I didn't um, move permanently to St. Louis until like I was almost 10 years old. Oh, okay. That's right. Uh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. That's I think right. I mentioned this in, 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 in passing. But yeah, so, you know, St. Louis is a very different, uh, very, <laughs> very, very different than Thailand, you know, especially in the 80s and 90s, you know, very different place, very, yeah. very different place. And it's not nearly as diverse as it is today. No. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I, I did go to Missouri State for business because um, growing up, this is what I thought I wanted to do is follow in my parents' footsteps. Uh, my parents, we have um, businesses in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, we have like a small grocery store on, yeah. on Grant. And we have uh, some some restaurants, you know, throughout St. Louis. So, you know, we've always been business minded growing up. You know, my, my parents always talk about how to run a business, how things are done, managing, you know, employees, thinking about the future, things like that. So it's always been the way that I was taught to think, you know, about how to do business. So I went to, you know, I was like, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to school for, for business management, um, accounting. And then um, help help my parents okay. with, with family business, you know, be a good son. They say. Right, which is common so, in, in the Asian culture, right? Very, very, yeah. very common. We have the utmost respect for our parents. So um, long story short, after I graduated, I went to help my parents with their business. And I found out the hard way that working with family is not what you think <laughs> it is. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. 
oh, stressful. <laughs> like, just everything about working with family is just, I, I don't recommend it. You know? <laughs> At least in my family. <laughs> so yeah, you're so typical, well. you know, even though coming from the Asian culture, you're um, a, a typical American in the sense that working with your family is is incredibly difficult. But how did you wind, how, your, did your family just decide to emigrate, uh, immig- uh, come here? Like, what was the yeah. reason for them? And, and tell me why St. Louis? Yes, yes. So this is a question that I, I often ask I'm sure. my grandma when she was alive. I'm like, could we just move to a place that's, <laughs> you know, a little more like Thailand? Because, you know, like, even being here so many years, I'm still not used to this. Like, uh-huh. just being outside today is like eight degrees. I'm just like, oh, oh my man. gosh, yeah. It's, it it's, is it's, so cold. It's so cold everywhere, but minus three this morning. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah, my my genetics is just not built for this kind of climate. <laughs> Although the summers know. here are pretty close. Summer here is pretty close. Yeah, so I often ask my grandma, you know, why are we here, you know? And people have different stories, but the real story is that um, in 1970, 73, 74, my uncle came and studied English at SLU, St. Louis University, uh... which is like... Um, a university in the heart of the city of St. Louis. Yes. And, um, yeah, he studied English and, you know, he was never a good student, you know? So my grandma was like, Hey, I could only support you for, you know, your first two semesters. If if you want to graduate, you gotta, you know, be on your own. So my grandma sent him, you know, the funds for two semesters. Okay. Mm. So he went to his first semester and, you know, I think it's fair to say, and he would admit this, he's not a very good student. You know, this is not his forte. So he dropped out first semester, boom, dropped out. So he still had money left over for the second semester. And he noticed that in St. Louis, there's a demand and a need for a grocery store or a place uh-huh. to buy things like that are common today, you know, coconut milk fish sauce, soy sauce, you know, um, lemongrass, uh-huh. beans. But these are common things in St. Louis today. You can find it at most grocery stores. But back then, no. the students at, at SLU, you know, the international students, Indian, Thai, Chinese, you know, would have to go to Chicago to bring back supplies in order to cook Man. and, like, make their own food. Because um, something that I understand on, on a deep level is that one thing that's important to me is to eat food that I grew up, you know, like food right. that my, my mom would make, my grandmother would make. It just makes you feel a little more at home sure. when you're in a land, especially back when I was younger. So I can relate to that. And I think a lot of people who were immigrated over to St. Louis back in the 70s, 80s and 90s can also relate to that. Yeah. How, how hard it was to adapt because of the food is so different, you know. Like one thing that I noticed when I first came to the U.S. is like Americans eat a lot of dairy products and cheese. And in Thailand, we we rarely eat cheese. Like, I mean, cheese wasn't even a thing yeah. in most Thai food or dairy. Very, very little. So we just weren't accustomed to eating this kind of food. So we we're just like, we want to make our own food. So my uncle is like, hey, I have an idea. And he didn't tell any didn't tell anyone at home in Thailand. So he's bought by himself in the U.S. He bought this like used Toyota van, and he and and he leased this like little corner store on Grand, huh. kind of by near uh, Tower Grove Park, 
and he opened up a grocery store. He would drive to Chicago, fill up the van with just supplies, and he would take orders from students at SLU. Hey, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And have a list, and he would just fill the store up with things that he thinks people need. And when people come to the store, they would just buy supplies, and they would make requests for the next time people go up to Chicago. (laughs) And he would do this six days a week, you know, sell and then drive up to Chicago. Man, that is a terrible ride, too. Yeah, so this is, <laughs> you know, yeah. kept going for like, and you know, he, the business wasn't great, but mm-hmm. you know, it was okay, you know, yeah. he was breaking even, making a little bit of money, but um, what really, really made this a, a success story is just luck and mm-hmm. timing, you know, um, it was during that time, it was the end of the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Right at the very, very end. And St. Louis is one of the cities where they resettled a lot of Vietnamese uh, refugees and uh, immigrants. Okay. So that's when, let's just pretend for a second, he was selling, let's say, three, four hundred dollars a day. It became like three, four thousand a day. Wow. It like it like tenfold, you know, huh. like we couldn't keep things on the shelf. So and this whole time, he hasn't told my grandmother that, hey, I haven't been going to school for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's funny. He's like, hey, hey, uh, he's calling his mom. He's like, hey, you know, I could really use some help, you know. And I recruit some people, you know, like bring, bring his brother, his sister, and oh, the help. Gosh. So yeah. that's when my, my family came and helped him with the business. Okay. And this is when, you know, from a small corner store, we have like, you know, a much larger store now. And this is when it all started. You know, it's just well, that yes, that that explains why. Because I've often wondered why is Thai food have such a bigger presence here than than Chinese food, um, yeah. and there's some good China, there's some good Thai places in St. Louis that yeah. I've found, but I'm always like, why? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You just explained it to me, and and yeah, the 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 ethnic immigrations to St. Louis is definitely very unique stories. Um, you know, where I found this is a new one for me, but like the Bosnian populations that moved here in the late eighties and nineties mm-hmm. are, are super interesting stories and the, the impact that they've made in food here in St. Louis. Um, I still can't find any bagels because there's no Jews here, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that is, that is a, that is a really interesting story. And, you know, also to kind of back around to, um, that you, your grocery store is the only place where I can find sushi rice. So, you know, once every couple of months, I have to go buy a 25 pound bag of sushi uh-huh. rice. Um, and, and, and it's, it's, you know, you know, I, I've been able to find a couple of, you know, great places to shop here, including, including Jay's. So, um, and it's, I, it's neat that, you know, you guys are part of that when I go there, but anyway, um, okay, so your family's here. Uh, you decide not to work for your family, and now you dabbling in photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, you kind of skipped ahead a little bit, but yeah, um, you know, work, work for the family business. I figure that this is not going to work. Like, mm-hmm. if I continue to work here, I'm, I'm either going to kill <laughs> someone or they're going to kill me. Like we. we we can't, we can't do this. So I was like, okay, let me step back and let me find my own path. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that led to engineering and then oh, okay. engineering led to this. 
So did you graduate from an enge- from Wash U f- as a civil engineer? I, I did. Jeez. I did. I did. Oh my yeah. gosh! Well, For those of you I, who don't uh, know, Wash U is like a really good university. Like it's Ivy League <laughs> university. Like this is no bullshit. This is like Harvard shit. You know, like Wash U <laughs> is. And I didn't really know about this school, but like that's a that's really impressive, and I I, I really didn't know that. So, um, well, okay. So I, I'm I'm assuming that you've been able to put some of the business management into your photography business. Definitely, definitely. Um, I definitely took the wrong, the long route, you know, <laughs> through business school, through engineering school to find what, what I really want to do, you know, which is my current career yeah. in photography. It's very fulfilling and I just can't imagine myself doing anything else right now yeah. than what I'm doing today. And, you know, one of the things that I've admired is you do get out and travel quite a bit, but I want, I want to talk about that, which obviously you're not doing now. Um, I want to talk about weddings. You said you've been pretty busy and I haven't interviewed a wedding photographer in a while. Mm -hmm. So tell me about, you know, what's, give me a, a kind of a broad spectrum of like what's been going on the last six months with the weddings, the size of the weddings and, you know, kind of what's happening. Yeah, 2020 was definitely a down year, I think, for most people, you know, in our industry. But for me, I was still able to work, obviously, at it's, it's a very different kind of work. You know, instead of having like a 600 person Indian wedding, it was like six person Indian wedding, wow. you know, 16 people Indian wedding. You know, like I, I, I photographed um, a wedding that had a barat. And there was like barely enough people to even have a barrage, you know? <laughs> I've been wondering about like the ethnic, actually, I, let's hit on that really quick because you do do a lot of ethnic weddings here in St. Louis, which, you know, I there do. can't be, and, and, you know, Indian weddings. And um, I used to love shooting Indian weddings. Like they oh. were uh, uh, by far my favorite weddings. So, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the bigger, the better, you know, and I can only imagine with a little more space here out in St. Louis, they must be crazy. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can't imagine doing a brat with like six people. That must be like so sad. <laughs> like doing it like a like a hora it, with six people is sad. It was definitely um, <laughs> kind of caught myself. I'm like, wow, this this this, this little parade <laughs> is like just the mom and dad, and there's like it was just kind of funny, but at the same time. People still want to get married. Sure, they want to move sure. on with their life. They can't put their life on pause forever. Yeah. So in some sense, it was nice. I knew everyone by their first name basis. Right. And it was like very intimate. Yeah. And which is not always the case when there's 600 people here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so did you, let's back around to the beginning of, you know, we're almost at a year now of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And did did most of your weddings cancel? Like when I talked to Ben Chrisman, Ben was like, everything's canceled. We're yeah. just postponing everything. What, what, what happened to you? Because I mean, I think things here are a little more accommodating. Yeah. So for people who don't know, um, Jason mentioned before about when, when people meet you for the first time, they ask you what's your name and they ask you what high school do you go to. Right. And the reason why they do that, I mean, it's, it's kind of complicated, but I'll kind of simplify it. It's because St. Louis is a place where each neighborhood is very distinctive. Yeah. You know, so for example, let me just name off a few neighborhoods. There's a neighborhood called The Hill. Yeah. So let's say if, if you're saying, hey, you're from The Hill, I, I know a lot about that place. And that tells me a lot about who this person is because yeah. this is a, a primarily 
uh, Italian neighborhood. They keep their roots. All the restaurants are like some of the best Italian food I've had. And, you know, the community has a very tight-knit community. When you tell me you're from St. Charles, that tells me a lot about who you are. Because St. Charles, I don't want to generalize, but overall, if you go to St. Charles during the pandemic, people are not wearing masks. Yep. In, in a part of the pandemic, yep. they don't have quarantine. Yep. They're just going about their life as if there's no COVID. Yep. And obviously some people may disagree, but I'm saying overall. Mm-hmm. And when you go to certain parts of St. Louis, it's just very, very different depending on the neighborhood. Yep. So I live in St. St. Louis City near Botanical Garden. So there's, to this day, there's still like a lot of restaurants who are at half capacity, right. you know, or still closed today because in the St. Louis city area, they treat COVID very seriously. So any wedding that was scheduled in downtown or St. Louis city, they're either forced to have very little capacity. At one point it was like 10 people capacity. So that means that if your wedding was a hundred, you got to cut it down to 10 people if you want to get married in St. Louis city. Gotcha. So for some people, they're like, okay, we want to get married. But some people are like, let's postpone this Uh because this is not, the vision I have for, for my wedding. Yeah. So a lot of the weddings that I shot in 2020 was done at their home because they can uh, control okay. the environment. They can have their own tent. They can, you know, be in, be in charge of every single part of the day, sure. you know, the food, you know, um, parking, I mean, everything. So it was interesting to see, you know, because you get to like meet everyone and kind of like, this is a part of their home. So I have to think about it differently than photographing at the Four Seasons or at the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, it, definitely very unique here watching it here in St. Louis because, you know, my kids are sports and stuff like that. So, like, my kids were in leagues that were based in South County and mm-hmm. they went out and played in St. Charles. Because yeah. just to just to get your equation, like it was just wide open out there. Like it's yep. like you know nothing was going on, and I I definitely felt like a little weird about driving out to St. Charles. And and you you right, Saint. There are parts of St. Louis that remind me of New York in the the way that the neighborhoods are kind of segregated in in oh. that you know people kind of stick together, and and it is a very unique city that. Um, people don't learn a lot about because it's the, you know, just, it's so different the way you have this St. Louis city and then the St. Louis County where I live, they're mm-hmm. all St. Louis, mm-hmm. but you might as well be living, living on, you know, different planets. And yeah. it's in like this circular, there's like the core, which is a city and then everything that surrounds it, this perimeter yep. of St. Louis. But anyway, um, so back to the weddings, I, um, you know, I'd like to hear your predictions for, um, you know, a lot of the weddings that you do shoot are are bigger weddings. And there's some specific ones that I was looking at your blog that I want to ask you about. But, um, you know, do you think there's going to be a trend of smaller, you're you're much younger than me, millennial, um, you know, and I'm sure the weddings have become a little more experiential based. Do you feel like it's going to take a while before we have the explosion of huge weddings again? Um, or, you know, we're just going to go back to normal as soon as possible. Yeah, I think it's too early okay. to, to have like an accurate prediction. In, in my opinion, um, I've been talking a lot with, you know, 
different venues that I shoot at a lot where I have a lot of weddings this year. I've been kind of keeping my ear on, you know, just like listening to what's going on. And I think um, it all kind of depends on two things. So each person's comfort level, you know, as far as their family. And then also how soon can most people get vaccinated? Right. So I, I already put my name down because obviously, you know, um, not only do I work in the wedding industry, I also work for my family's business in the grocery sure. store. So we're around a lot of people. So we want to get, you know, our, our family and our employees at the grocery store vaccinated as soon as possible. Yeah. So I think we're tier three. So I think we should get vaccinated in about a month, you know. So a lot of my clients who are getting married in, you know, the springtime, they're still a little bit nervous because they're still not certain if they can have a wedding safely, right. responsibly. Because, you know, if you really think about what a wedding is, it's like a celebration between two people and you want to celebrate with your family sure. and obviously friends as well. And a lot of weddings will have grandparents and parents, you know, in their 50s, 60s, you know, so on and so forth. So it may be too much of a risk for them to do that depending on their comfort level. Um, so I know that I have weddings come up in March, you know, so we'll see how that goes, but obviously it's going to be much smaller. Yeah. Uh, so the weddings that I have that are big are going to be more like July, August, September. These are weddings that postponed from 2020 who had a, a civil ceremony, you know, with 10, 12, 15 people and, the, and they, they want to have their big reception, you know this year sometime. So I think as long as I'm vaccinated and most people at the wedding are vaccinated, I think we'll be okay. But that's yeah. just determined on if we can get vaccinated in time for the wedding. Do you find the people that you're talking to now are, you know, for 2022 are planning bigger weddings? Like, you know, there's a couple of big venues here that are, that are pretty fancy. One of them being the Four Seasons. Mm -hmm. Do you think you're going to, are you getting inquiries where Katy Perry is going to show up in, <laughs> at the reception? <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm glad you brought up the Four Seasons. So this is a venue that I photograph at a lot. I have yeah. a good relationship with them. And I really like how they run their facility. Mm -hmm. They're very, very organized. So, before you can even go into the hotel, they check your temperature, boom. They give you a wristband so that they know that this person has been, been you know, like temperature checked. And then you and you wear a mask the entire time unless you're in your own room, Okay. you know. So they're very, very, very strict, which is how it should be. Some venues, on the other hand, are much more loose about it, which, you know, I think as a whole, you're taking a lot more risk, sure, you know. So, sure. So I think as an individual, you have to determine, you know, not only the safety of you, but the safety of the people at the hotel, you know? So whenever I, I, I photograph the four seasons, I'm always feels much more safe, secure and, you know, safe versus if I'm shooting in somewhere in St. Charles, I know that I'm going to wear a double <laughs> mask today because you know how it is, you know, yes. like I, I did a wedding and this is no knock on St. Charles. I'm just no, saying this no. is that people behave very differently depending on their belief. So when I'm in St. Charles, a few weddings I shot last year, maybe me and my team are the only people 
wearing masks. masks. Not an exaggeration. Yeah. I believe it. And so, you know, not not to make any excuses for St. Charles and one of the biggest adjustments for me moving out here was the fact that there's just not as many people here. And yeah. people are used to like big densities in cities. And yeah. St. Louis doesn't have that kind of density, but St. Louis City, you know, has the largest density of of anywhere. But when you get out to St. Charles, which is about 15 minutes from downtown St. Louis, um, maybe 20, and um, it's, you know, it's country, right? And there's just not a lot of people there. So, you know, it's easier for them to be completely irresponsible and, yeah. you know, not, not worry about it as so much because their facilities are bigger and, mm -hmm. you know, there's not going to be as many people there. So... You know, I guess it, it'll be super interesting. I mean, I'm assuming that um, your travel schedules have pretty much, you know, you know, when was yeah. the last time you were on a plane? It was probably when we were together in Austin. Yeah, like I turned down a lot of destination, yeah. even like for Chicago, unless it's something that I really want to photograph. Yeah, because of just there's just so much risk involved in traveling. So yeah, um, just to answer your story. I mean, answer your question is that I anticipate that a lot of people are, are, are going to decide if it's safe for them to attend. So okay. in 2020, even though they were inviting people, some people have the option of attending virtually, which is something that we've had to offer just to accommodate our client. So they can attend virtually and we have like um, a cam operator who's moving around as we're moving around to, to tell a story. And that's all recorded for, for the client. So I think, I, I mean, I hope that things will be semi-normal just for my client's sake, you know, because no one wants to have a wedding where everyone's wearing a mask. And it's just like right. people- It's a bummer. It's a bummer. And I can sense that, you know, they want to dance, they want to celebrate, but they can't responsibly. So I hope that- this vaccine is what people say it is, you know, and it's, it's safe and, you know, um, it's going to be distributed, you know, like like Biden said, by, you know, the first hundred day of his administration. So I'm, I'm very hopeful. Yeah. But at the same time, I understand that vaccinating hundreds of millions of people is not a small task. You know, it's going to take time for sure. But um, regardless, in my opinion, people are still going to get married. Yeah. And I'm going to be there for them no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like, you know, you know, it is what it is. So I think that 2022 is going to be insane. So much yeah. so that you're going to have to pull in like old guys like me as second shooters <laughs> um, to help you because you're just not going to be able to cover it. Um, and maybe that's I, I, just. 2021 is already kind of booming for me. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. great news. And and I do think the Midwest is going to open up much, much quicker. Oh, sure. And, you know, I, I, I truly believe that, you know, we love to party. And yeah. as humans, we like to gather. And uh, I just, uh, it's I think it's, you know, it'd be very strange when we don't have to wear masks anymore. And the hugging and the high-fiving is going to seem weird. But yeah. it won't take us long because we, we love to love. And... That's just where we're going to at. So, all right. So we're going to wrap up here. Um, this is a great interview. I, I appreciate 
learning more about you. And uh, for those of you who don't know Ray, I I didn't say in the beginning, he does beautiful work. Um, And uh, I know that his clients absolutely love him because he is just such a, a, like, you know, a warm personality. Um, And I've enjoyed getting to know you. And, um, you know, I I can't wait till we can hang out in St. Louis again. We are going to hang this summer. So, but anyway, um, thank you for being on this week's episode of something new every week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, whenever we all get vaccinated, I would love to invite your family over for dinner. That would be great. By the way, my kids, uh, um, you know, when it comes to Asian food, it is, it is big time in our, in in this household and it doesn't matter what it is. And, and, and as I told you, like I've resorted to, I can't find any decent sushi here. So I've resorted to start making it myself. So maybe I'll make some sushi for you. That'd be cool. Let's do it. (laughs) All right, dude. Thanks for being on this week's episode of something new. We will see you guys next week. Thanks again for tuning into something new every week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab, millerslab.com. Great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into something new every week. We will see you back here next week.